Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. I'm your host Q, joined by Saint. Saint man, how you doing this weekend? Are you in, are you in good spirits on this episode? Are you you know in a pissy mood? Nah, I'm in great spirits, man. I, I got to keep my five hundred dollars because wasn't nobody willing to bet on their team, despite me getting a bunch of phone calls or attempt at folks giving me phone calls. Right, but have you been sleeping underneath a rock? This weekend, Ohio State Buckeyes and Michigan Wolverines went against each other. And in shocking fashion, the Michigan Wolverines were able to win 42 to 27 down to Ann Arbor, the big house. Uh, the big one of the big stories coming out of there is Hassan Haskins having five touchdowns over 169 yards. And also uh, showing the defense from Kay Hutchinson, who had about, uh, I believe it was three sacks mm-hmm. uh, against that Ohio State offense. So before we, I'm I'm just gonna say I was down there tailgating, had a good time. It was it, although it was snowing and people were drinking beer, acting crazy. It was just good to see everybody out in normal fashion, even through on like a situation like the pandemic. It kind of just feels good to see people out. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna start off right off the bat. Say, yep. what is your feelings on this game and what is your feelings towards your favorite team, Ohio State Buckeyes? I, well, let's start with the game. I'm going to go ahead and be salty. I'm not going to be salty. Um, they Michigan played a great game. Um, they did exactly what they were supposed to do and control the, control the clock. Um, I said that they need to get the refs on the payroll. I've never seen a team rush for 300 plus yards and I have one holding call. So, I mean, that was interesting. Um, but all in all, they did what they were supposed to do and they came out victorious. Now, with that being said, now it's time for me to go ahead and get get going here. Now, if you have been, like you, like you said, living under a rock, uh, since we've started this podcast, you know that I'm a huge Ohio State fan. I feel like I might be one of the most logical fans in general. Um, and I don't do too much trolling, right? There's a certain number of people that I troll regularly, but that's because they troll me first. Um, and of course, I knew I was going to hear it, uh, being that they lost that game here. Now, my issue here, here's go with the issue here. My issue is the same folks that decided to give me a phone call were also the same people that stopped picking up the phone for me in year three. So I can I can just let y'all imagine what kind of energy they were met with. Like you can't win one game in 10 years and think you can call and talk to me and I haven't spoken to you in seven years about the game. That's not how that works. Now, Q, Will, he doesn't really troll me like that. A couple of my mentors that keep that same energy throughout. Okay, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. I'll take it right on the chin. Uh, and... If we're going just based off of the numbers, the numbers say I got another 10 years to wait before I got to worry about anyone else calling me about losing or being that I support the losing team, so to speak, being our damn 40s at that point. We talking about I was 20. I ain't going to tell you how old I was, but I was in my 20s the last time they won. Um, But all of this begs the question of... For me, are the fans more invested in these rivalries than the actual players are? Yeah. Uh, 
No, man. And kind of back what you were saying, I, I finally kind of sensed what you were saying after this win. I was happy. I was astounded. But the Michigan Wolverines fans can be a little delusional. <laughs> and um, to me, I, I kind of sensed that because, like you said, we have been trying to win against Ohio State for the past 10 years. This has been a lot of heartbreaks. It's been a lot of times where we even get to Ohio State and we're already defeated because we didn't lost to Penn State or Michigan State or Wisconsin mm-hmm. early in the season, so we don't even want to play Ohio State. So it was good to get a win. However, knowing Michigan and their history and this coach Harbaugh, who I give him credit, good job. I'm not gonna hate on him. Oh, we I'm gonna hate going. on him too, because <laughs> two weeks ago, these same folks that are calling my name, you know, calling and talking all yeah. this trash, was ready to have Harbaugh job. Oh, Harbaugh need to go. Yeah. And now it's back still, to go blue. I feel like he saved his job, but I'm still I. I'm not gonna let one game, in my opinion, for me as a Michigan fan, uh, have me think better of Harbaugh. I just say good job. I give credit when credit's due, but I still have my doubts about him because this is a perfect time to, you know, gain momentum and get recruits to start coming. Hey, we can beat Ohio State if we try. You know, <laughs> things like that. Just don't mess it up. Don't get arrogant. Don't bring the Migos and Tom Brady back to practice again. Let's not do none of that right now. Let's just, okay, cherish the moment for a day or two. Now you got Iowa for the Big Ten Championship next week in Indy. You can't sleep on Iowa because Iowa is actually undefeated and was ranked number two during the season before they lost to Purdue. Mm-hmm. So just knowing Michigan, they're going to, I, I, a little arrogance, you know, and boom, Iowa wins. And that just, what does that Ohio State win do? And it's good to beat your rival, but now neither one of us are in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> you know. So what does that look like at the end of the day? Uh, we're better than right. here. Okay, you're sitting here with me, though. We won this year. You have the same in, identical record. One in 10 and two in 20. Two out of the last <laughs> 20. I'll take those numbers any and every day of the week. Like I don't feel like you can argue that it's been a successful tw- last decade. Like it just hasn't been right. And so I, and I, I caveat that by saying I despise extremists from any fan base. So as critical as I am of U of M's uh, craze fans, I'm just as critical of the Ohio state fans, just as critical as of the uh, Bama fans, Clemson when they were on top, uh, Florida State when they were on top. I just don't like super, super fans that aren't really gaining anything from it um, and aren't participating in the game. Like you don't have anything else going for you to where whether a game or is won or lost is going to impact your week that much. I'm going to need you to go get some hobbies or something or go get some responsibilities. So, so what are your thoughts on your fans, Ohio State fans? Because I was reading a lot of outlets, reading some articles, listening to some talk radio. What do you think about fans are now questioning Coach Ryan Day, coaching his coaching ability, saying was those previous teams in the past year or two, Urban Meyer teams, and maybe he is not able to lead a team and maybe his defense the past couple of years is not as great. What do you think about those comments? That man is, what is he, 33 and 4, 34 and 4 or something like that. So he's won 30-something games. 
uh, with even if it is Urban Meyer's talent that came in, uh, he still did a, a, an amazing job of coaching those guys to get them to where they are. I think that this kind of goes back to my point from before that they still have what they're 10 and two. And yet we're talking about, mm-hmm. oh, you're coaching. You're, you're not doing that well as a coach because they they dropped a game that they haven't dropped in a decade. Like that makes zero sense to me. But in the eyes of the crazy super fans, I can go, what was it? One in 11. But as long as I beat my rival, that's all I care about. Like, you're an idiot. I just call it what it is. Um, I don't think that there's anyone rational that's looking at him dropping this game and thinking that, oh, he may not be able to coach or uh, he may not be of the right level to get there. There's also even talks of him going to the NFL. Like, come on, dude. He's not yeah, going anywhere. Um, what, what do you think about um, the, the whole thing of this is most of his recruits were Urban Meyer recruits and that's how he's able to carry that record. Do you think that's a fair testament to him? I don't think that's fair to him because I think he has brought in recruits. He, uh, he's It's not his fault that he had you know juniors and seniors and sophomores from Urban Meyer right. you know scouting and um, recruiting class I should say uh you thinking you know that's a fair judgment of him and that okay let's see what he do with his own recruits if he can still carry on the winning which it looks like he has exactly he can't win 35 games and not have carried on the the culture of winning i i think it goes back to like i was saying the thought of they dropped this game and this is the one important game is uh, his coaching was never in question when the Oregon game happened. As a matter of fact, um, at the start of the season, there was a lot of talks around this season being a wash because he didn't have uh, Justin Fields and those boys from last season. And so for him to still be able to get these guys, to motivate these guys enough to play as well as they were, says a, right. says a lot about them. And I mean, with any coach, that comes in, they need at least four to five years to get their guys into the system because you have to cycle out those guys who've already been there, your sophomores, juniors and seniors before um, your your guys that you go out to recruit are actually available for them for you to play with them. And I think, too, um, people sleep on Ohio State offense, man, this year, especially with having the true freshman and Stroud as their quarterback. Um, those receivers on Ohio State, I mean, even if Michigan was winning, they were still balling all. Yeah, there wasn't nothing you could do about it. Actually, you had, yeah, Jackson Smith had over 127 yards, 11 receptions. You had Garrett Wilson, 10 receptions, 119 yards. Then you had Chris Olave. I can't say his name, but Olave. Uh, Alive, there we go. He has seven receptions at 88 yards, and he still had to run it back out the backfield with five receptions. So, don't, yeah, Michigan won pretty good, but don't sleep on the fact that they have a nice offense, and a couple of those players might be coming back, especially the quarterback, CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. Um, he still had a good game. He, had, he didn't throw any interceptions. Nope. 34 for 49, almost 400 yards passing, two yep. touchdowns. 
So it's like, what more than you can you ask for from his end? It's just that he's not able to play both ends. He's not able to play offense and defense. He right. can only do it. He will not defense. Maybe Ohio State defense would have had a stop against the running game a little bit. The game might have been a whole different story because it was hard for Michigan to contain that Ohio State offense. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember someone talking about how great – uh, the defense, but it's like great. The defense, my man, threw for almost four hundred. That's great defense. Well, they locked down when it mattered. <laughs> like, yeah, they probably missed a call there, but okay, I'll give you that. Uh, the real yeah, thing, who we thought was going to play pretty good defense, did their job. That's mm-hmm. that's the only thing you can really say. Um, now you know, again, Michigan's going against Ohio, Iowa. And Iowa doesn't have really a spectacular offense, but they have a, a straight defense. So we'll see if they can do the same thing and see what happens. Um, I know that you're not a, a huge like into college football, just a little bit. I know you're in and out because you're more into the you know, professional side. But did you hear about the Oklahoma co- uh, coach? Oh, Lincoln yeah. Riley, that man lost some love. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I'm out of here. Know, it's a good topic to talk about because I wanted to get your opinion on coaches, you know, leaving to go to other programs in college. Uh, Lincoln Riley is going to USC. Uh, from what I've heard, it could be like a hundred and ten million contract. I don't know how true that is, but it's a definitely a big contract for him to go to USC. Um, a lot of recruits from Oklahoma has decommitted and possibly will be joining Lincoln Riley at USC. Uh, so what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Do you think, honestly, it was because he's taking the easier route? He couldn't handle that Alabama, that Georgia heat? No, I think that that's the, the low-hanging fruit in all of it. Um, USC puts him in a space to not only rebuild a program, uh, but also be able to take a program that is going to end up with more national uh, coverage than Oklahoma has in the past. And I mean, like I said, it's low hanging fruit to say, oh, they don't have a defense. And that's why he hightailed it up out of there because he took those boys as far as he could. But I mean, the, the same kind of goes with the, when we talk about players, any team can say, all right, well, I'm done with you at any given point. And when you get the opportunity for better employment, why wouldn't you take it? Loyalty to a brand, loyalty to a team means what at the end of the day? It still means that they can cut ties with you whenever they see fit. Oh, you're not cutting it anymore. I don't care about all of the success that you brought us or all of the uh, the NFL talent that you've produced and developed here. It doesn't matter. What have you done for me lately? Time for you to go. So I'm all for empowering that man and going ahead and, and going from there and getting his bag and everything else. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a big deal just because I don't think Lincoln Riley was there for a like a very long time. He took over Bob Stoops anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to give Oklahoma plenty of opportunities to make the playoffs. He produced what two or three Heisman Trophy winners: and yep. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Um, Both which are in the NFL now. Yeah, right. So I did read. Um, the number one ranking quarterback that was that came into this season, uh, there you go, Ragnar. Yeah, he's uh entered the transfer uh, transfer portal. protocol. Yeah, there you go. Yep, transfer proto portal to get to another school, so he have a better chance of starting. He kind of got his spot ran. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. He was, 
<laughs> he wasn't performing like they felt like he should have. Um, I guess my next question to you is this. Uh, with him leaving, going to USC, and now Oklahoma looks like they need a new coach. Uh, do you see this being the turn the tables for Oklahoma as far as their program because they always came from like a winning program do you see them out in rebuild mode just because they you know we still don't know what they're going to do in the coaching aspect but do you see this kind of being like all right well back to the drawing board kind of like Nebraska with Frost there as the coach and Mm -hmm. having to just rebuild do you see that happening for Oklahoma I definitely foresee it for at least a, a season or so depending on who they're able to get down there um it's not really the defense isn't what makes it a uh, a home run worth of a, a job. You, you're going to have offensive weapons, definitely. But unless you're able to instill some discipline in that defense, it's going to be a long season for you. And uh, I think Oklahoma falls under that same category as some of those other uh, big name schools here because they don't have anything else sports wise outside of college ball. And so because they don't, everything is all about college, all about football at the end of the day. And they're going to be expecting these guys to be good and not going to give them enough time to develop uh, any kind of talent there. Okay. Take you back to, uh, to Michigan had those days. Alabama had those days. Ohio State had those days as well. But when you're playing in one of those big name schools, you only have a season to turn everything around. And if your name isn't in national contention, they want your job. Right. I I agree. Um, speaking of, you know, programs with strong winning backgrounds, we see Alabama go against Auburn. It was, a, I believe, four overtimes, and Alabama was able to pull it off uh, with a two-point conversion to beat Auburn. Um, is it me, or is Alabama not as dominant as they once were over the past four or five years. Uh I don't I don't think they're they're not as dominant, of course. Uh but I also think that the talent itself is starting to um even out everywhere and you have to take into account the game itself is changing and becoming more offensive. Those Bama teams from the past that were just steamrolling everybody had like the most ridiculous front seven that you would see. And then they had a stud in the backfield that they were running the ball with. And that's not really what today's game is. You have teams that are successful at what they do, a la Michigan, Iowa, um, uh, Michigan State, Penn State at times. Uh, But that's not really what the game is now. The game is airing the ball out and scoring as many points as possible. And I think that they're struggling in that uh, sense of keeping up uh, because beforehand their defense is what kept them going. They were, you were getting at least two two scores from that defense in the past. And now you might be able to get them to get three stops in a game. And that does make a huge difference. So um, I, you know, this is a live podcast and got some breaking news. Speaking of college football, there's a rumor going around that Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly is going to take the LSU job. Really? And I'm like, dude, you know, you guys are still in the playoff hunt right now. And uh, 
you know, all we need is Michigan or one of these top four teams to lose, and you guys might be inputted, and you're already trying to get another job out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always heard Brian Kelly was kind of a, a low life a little bit. I don't know yeah. how true that is. I don't want to, you know, just allegedly, in case he ever listened to the podcast, <laughs> allegedly I heard he was a low life and he did stuff like that, you know, with him going to the Eagles, being their coach and uh, him kind of messing things up for their offense and then going back to college. And now, as you can see, um, he might be the new LSU coach. So are you, a, are you a fan of this new, I guess, trend of your – I think we talked about it with Lincoln Riley. You don't have an issue with them moving to programs. Is it right. just a matter of how they do it? Is that the case with you? Yeah, it's always a way of how you do things, how you exit, how you enter um, different phases. And um, I always keep in mind, too, that it's it's the media show at the end of the day. Right. So no matter what the what truly happens, they still have to sell, sell a story. And once you finally get a uh, get the the true uh understanding of everything that happens a lot of times it's been blown out of proportion by the media i because ryan kelly may not have said anything and someone who ain't rocking with him anymore could have said oh he mentioned to me once uh lsu and next thing you know well he's leaving for lsu wait what that's not what he said not what he said at all that's crazy, man. But College shout out to Coach Fickle. <laughs> yeah, Is it Coach it? Fickle. Yeah, Coach Luke, Luke Fickle, Cincinnati head coach. He came from that Ohio State uh, coaching tree. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. Before we end our college football talk, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. We might disagree on this. I, I kind of hope that strength of schedule thing against Cincinnati is that a fair thing to do? Considering they are a top four team, and although they're undefeated, it seems like because of their strength of schedule and them struggling with um, lower tier teams, their ranking are not high. Uh, I think that's the reason why that they are aren't ranked as high as they are. Uh, because you have cases of not just them, but Boise State in the past to where and I mean, who was it? Central Florida, too, was another one of those teams that didn't play anybody with quotations around the words, didn't play anybody. But you couldn't uh, couldn't discredit what they were doing, uh, the the work that the team itself was putting in. And then some cases, you know, you put them in there with the bigger schools and they get steamrolled. And then in other cases, they punch those bigger name schools in the mouth because those schools overlooked them and were looking at the next opponent instead of the person that's in front of them. Um, I don't know if putting them in a bigger conference is what's going to make the deal. Put them in there with the big dogs and see how they uh, respond and react. Because if they lose a game, lose two games and see they weren't supposed to be there. Like, But you're talking about jumping conferences and playing against teams that you normally wouldn't see and that's not normally how that works very rarely does a team jump conferences and then automatically jumps to the top it still takes them some time right. to get used to what they're going to see uh throughout the year texas a&m did it um florida as well yeah. took them some time before they were ready to be a part of the sec so to speak yeah and florida's looking for a new head coach as well I got a coach midseason. Um, speaking of football, let's jump into the NFL. USA Rams game yesterday. 
Oh yeah, I watched the Rams versus the Packers yesterday. Um, well, we could jump right into that. So, what, what are your thoughts coming out of that game? Was that more of Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, or was that more of the Rams collapsing with all this talent? I think it's more of the Rams collapsing with that talent. Um, we were making the joke not too long ago about you know you can take the you can take the quarterback out of the Lions, but you can't take the Lions out of the quarterback with uh, <laughs> yeah. Stafford resorting back to old uh, old play, um, forcing the issue, trying to get something going. Um, and I was also disappointed in the the names that they have on defense. I know it takes time for those guys to gel together, but I would think that uh, they would be a little bit further along than what they are. They couldn't really get any pressure. And uh, Devontae Adams had a field day. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, too. Day. I also think that the world is not used to uh, this version of Stafford. We have over the years have seen Stafford collapse a little bit in certain instances. Uh, so it's nothing new for us to see Stafford throw uh, multiple interceptions and you know turn the ball over. Pick sixes. Yeah, we know he's a good player, but he has a tendency to kind of, like you said, force things out of nothing. And now they're seeing it just on a national. Uh, TV standpoint. Uh, so we've been seeing this shit for the last 12 years. Y'all just know. <laughs> new right. Now, do you think that this means Green Bay is a, a contender now? I mean, they always was considered a contender, but, you know, for the past four or five weeks, we have just said the Rams, the Bucks, the Rams, Bucks, uh, Arizona. Do you put the Packers up there now with them? No, I, I don't put the Packers up there just because they've been known to choke when the pressure gets on them. Um, and there's always this overshadowing thing about Aaron Rodgers being the most talented quarterback uh, to ever play the game, but can't put it together when he when it comes time to or there's always that excuse of he doesn't have enough around him to make something happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that history has shown us that those boys aren't going to put themselves in a position to uh, to be in the Super Bowl at the end of the year. Something's going to happen. Someone's going to jack something off, probably Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to be talking about him being so talented once again, but not being able to pull through when it counts. Right. And then, again, this might be Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay in the first place, so I don't know how much is that, you know, attribute to his play where he's just giving it all, you know, battling a bad toe right now. But the COVID toe, know, Green Bay, yeah, <laughs> broken toe. And to me, Green Bay does this every year mm-hmm. where we look at them, be like, man, they're good. And they'll get to the NFC Championship and it'll just be the same old story. Yep. Somehow they got beat. This happens with against Seattle. This has happened against Tampa. So it's just like, damn, man, is, is this the year where they finally make it back to the Super Bowl? I doubt it, but only time will tell as the playoffs approach coming up. Right. Um, man, so I definitely want to talk to you about this. He had Cam Newton return back to Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won their first game. I think the first week he came back, they won. Last two weeks, they were, you know, on the losing end. This week was a little different. Um, a lot of heavy criticism, and even where the coach had benched Cam, and I believe in the third quarter, yeah. um, it, it was kind of bad for Cam. I'm not gonna lie; his numbers were 
atrocious, but uh, the Panthers lost to the Miami Dolphins, who are on a four game winning streak. Um, 10 to 33. Uh, Cam was five for 21 for 92 yards, two interceptions. Um, Christian McCaffrey actually suffered an injury. Now he's out for the season. So, are you giving this any much thought about Cam as far as like him staying for the remainder of the season as the quarterback of the Panthers, or are you looking at it more like, hey, he 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 just had one bad game? Mm, uh, I think he just had a bad game. Um, and they who else are you going to put in for the rest the, the kid that replaced him had the job before Cam got there so it doesn't make sense to uh, toss that kid in the in the way of everything they might even have brought Cam back to be a scapegoat for what was going on uh, as far as the season itself was concerned when uh, Sam Donald fizzled out after being Sam Donald. Uh, but I don't put too much onus on Of course, you had to play better as a quarterback for Cam, but I think that right. w- when you go back to everything that he's done career-wise, you can't give can't give him too much crap for all of that uh, and make it seem like, oh, he's washed and all of these other things. Like, oh, he just had a bad game. No, Brady's been benched, so... If Brady can get benched, he's a damn goat. I, I I feel like Cam can be benched too. Maybe I'm being biased. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a very terrible performance. But um, kind of what Cam said in his press conference, he he stated like, just because I'm on a team doesn't mean they were automatically gonna win every game. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna have a great game. It's a feel good story, but that doesn't mean that. It's going to translate into just all these wins. It takes time for a quarterback, even with him coming back to the fold, learning cadence, learning plays, learning receivers' times, and things of that nature. So I'm thinking that's kind of what the case is. Mm-hmm. However, um, Cam does have to play a little bit better. I don't know. I, I didn't. I only watched bits and pieces of the game, and it looks like he. It looks like he was, like he said, his mental was not quite there. You know, as a quarterback, it's more mentally sound. Yeah, you got to have physical, but as you can see with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, your pain managers, like, you know, they're not the most physical opposing people on the field, but they have very good patience, mentally tough. So I think with him, he has to get mentally tough again. He has to have to find that confidence like he did in game one. They need to start setting him up a little bit more in those um, option plays that he likes to run. I know that he might not be as the big runner. He's older, but he still was 6'4", 250, you know. (laughs) So he definitely can go ahead and get some yards from there and be able to be a threat when it comes to that. um, Speaking of other quarterbacks, man, this is the quarterback that need to go. I'm just going to say it right here now on the Roundtable Sports <laughs> Podcast. This quarterback got to go, man. What is going on with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger? They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals 10-41. to Um I mean, Joe Burrow, he's balling. He had, he's 20 for 24, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, he was able to get the ball to Mixon, Jamari, uh, T. Higgins, all those cats. And then Ben Roethlisberger, he was 24 for 41 for 263 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I don't even know how he got 263 yards. It didn't look like it. Um, it was just 
abysmal performance, man. But I, I'm just stating right here on the podcast, Ben Roethlisberger got to go. It's it just heating away, man. I'm done with it. It was a good feel-good story. You know, he won a couple Super Bowls. Got to go now. What you think? Uh... I mean, he's definitely at the end of his road as far as a quarterback in this concern. They let him finish out the season, definitely. Um, yeah, because I don't know who you put in for him. Uh, and they're five and five at this point. They Do you give reps to um, that? What's his kid name? The kid that got hit with the helmet. Was it Mason? Moxon? Do you throw him some time or do you go oh, and Mason, give uh, Mason Rudolph? He's terrible too, but do you give Haskins <laughs> some time? Cause he's, I don't think he's Jamarcus Russell bad, but they talk about him yeah. not having any work. That's your Ohio State boy, man. What happened? The pros ain't the same as it is in college, man. <laughs> I got them big hog mollies in front of you where you just sit and play pitch and catch right. is different. Everybody's the best athlete at their position when you get to the pros. Ain't really much you can do. Right. So you're looking at it from a standpoint it's like even if we do bench Ben, who are who are we really gonna put in? Right. Not unless the, I'm just trying to get some reps and see what I have and then kinda of going from there. Um because the way that it's looking now, they'll definitely be a top five pick. So, you know, might be looking to grab some talent in the in the draft and just let those two fight it out for uh, who's going to play backup? Because I think Ben's done after this season anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think his body is just breaking down on No matter yeah. how much shape he gave, can't be father time in those situations. And I don't think he has the necessary offensive line to protect him the way of Baton Brady or other quarterbacks that played um, quite into their 40s. I don't think he has that. And then, you know, they have a great running back in Najee Harris from Alabama. Um, although Juju is out, you know, they still have Claypool, things of that nature as far as talent. It's just not translating right now. They don't yeah. seem hungry. They seem they already gave up on the season. It's just terrible, man. It's, it's not a Steelers fan, but it's always good to see the Steelers be kind of a force to be reckoned with. You always think about their defense and, Seems like that is non-existent now. Yeah, it's kind of in reverse right now. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never seen him um, give up a hundred plus yards to a running back, or at least in the time of the prime of the steel, the iron curtain. Was it still right? Curtain? Um, steel curtain, yes. Uh, yeah, you don't um, see that very often. You know, one more game I wanted to ask you about was the Cowboys versus the Raiders. Cowboys lost another game, uh, lost in overtime, thirty-three to thirty-six on Thanksgiving. Uh, just quick thoughts: What do you think uh, was the Cowboys? That hype? Do you think that's done with now? No, they're still going to win their division. I'm not sold on the uh, Eagles winning, and Washington doesn't have a complete team, so Cowboys are still coming out of that division and going to underachieve and get bounced in the first round and all of those things like normal. Uh, but as far as the overhype, now, it's never, the hype is not going to go anywhere because apparently that's America's team. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really wanted to ask you was what the hell wrong with my Saints? <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up because I know you were having a kind of shitty weekend with Ohio State. Um, 
But it, it didn't really bother me though. Like I said, <laughs> my, it, the issue with the Ohio State game was the fact that I had people calling me. I ain't talked to if I ain't talked to you in seven years. What make you even call me? <laughs> and I'm uh, looking we, at the we, phone like, who is this? We, oh, you ain't got my number saved? No. What do we talk about? Nah, we ain't got nothing to talk about, fam. Yeah, we can talk about the Saints a little bit, man. They fortunately was the on the receiving end of the Buffalo Bills getting back into their winning ways. Uh yeah, they lost, I believe, 31 to 6. Good old country beating is what they took, boy. Josh Allen had 20 for 23 for 28, 260 yards, four touchdowns. Um they had Trevor see what was his name? Simon? Trevor yeah. Simon, right? Yeah. yeah, he was 17 for 29, 163 yards. Um, well, what's going on? I, I need to ask you what's going on because I, I, I don't really know. know where to put it. I don't know. Well, he was on a good start at first and then messed around and lost Jameis. Uh, Jameis is hurt, out for the season. Uh, MT just, I personally don't think he wants to play with Jameis. Um, Oh, okay. And feels like he can't get him the ball. Kamara hasn't been healthy all year, and the defense started off amazing, but they've been on the damn field too often. So at some point, of course, the Saints, only had, the Saints only have 44 rushing yards that whole game. That yeah. is insane for a Saints team that loves to run the ball at times. Uh, I think Mark Ingram was hurt too. What are you talking about? I was just about to ask you about that. I thought I knew they resigned Ingram. He didn't, has he even? In, on the field yet? Yeah, he's played in a couple of games, but I I looked and saw he was hurt too. I said, "Whoa, oh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and chalk this one up too. We gonna get a good draft pick this year." <laughs> yeah. What do you think the Saints need to address in the offseason? Everything. Damn, we started everything. the quarterback. Um, they signed Taysom Hill, um, and I think why do they do that? Why they sign him to that big contract like that? I think it's just like the CBA portion of it now and not really having a ton of prospects out there too. Um, I, I wouldn't have done it. Um, he'd have had to go. But I mean, because the Saints are supposed to be um, a decent enough team, you, I guess you want to keep them in the limelight and keep those crowd drawing players there uh, while they go through this rebuilding process, the post Drew Brees era. Um, I figured it would be rough. I didn't think it would be this rough coming in, even though they're one game under 500. It's, it just hasn't been pretty for them at all. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty bad. <laughs> uh, They've been lions bad, but it's been bad. Yeah. You have to definitely say that because it ain't nothing get worse than the Lions. But <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty bad with all the injuries. And then also, like you said, this draft coming up, it's hard for them to even get a quarterback because there's nobody um, this year, as far as quarterback-wise, that really grabs your attention unless they do something in the free agency pool, which I'm not sure unless somehow Aaron Rodgers wants to go there. Mm-hmm. Somehow if you know somebody else comes available, whoever um it's gonna be tough for the saints to bounce back unless they they really think james is the guy and he's gonna come back off his acl injury he ain't (laughs) he ain't the guy nah he not the guy he might be uh, a good placeholder but he ain't the guy tasting ain't the guy either so yeah they they thought he would 
be. But yeah, I guess nah. not. New. Go ahead and jump into this NBA here. Uh, yeah, it's been a, your boy, it's been a while. You, you just so, we talked about the NBA. <laughs> man, Kimba out here, mad. He got removed from the Knicks uh, rotation because he's been struggling. And he didn't pay that man all that dang money. And he done lost his starting spot to Alec Burke. And then D Rose comes in and click. <laughs> he's been ass. And I've been trying not to say because I like the Knicks, but when I see him and Evan Fournier in the game at the same time, I was like, this didn't work in Boston last year. So how is this going to work on New York? <laughs> and I noticed, like you said, when D Rose is in the game, it flows better. Even when they're uh, rookie, I believe rookie or second year player, quickly when he's in, it runs better. Like you said, Alec Burr, he becomes a guard or off guard. Everything just flows better. Kemba kind of, he stills into that mode where he wants to isolate. Mm-hmm. And he has to learn to be able to come off the ball. He has to learn to actually just play within your offense. If you know you're not scoring right then and there, you need to go ahead and dump it to Randall. You need to go ahead and, and get. Um, whoever else involved, uh, whether it's Obi Topin or uh, Mitchell, whoever you need to get these players involved, so they they'll build their confidence because that's the job of the point guard. And I just think Kemba is he's not meshing right, and Tibbs don't play that. If you're not playing defense either, Tibbs not gonna play you, no matter who you is. Um, you know those. I know you was a Chicago Bulls fan, and you know those days. <laughs> like it was times where Jimmy Butler was coming off the bench. And he he was playing defense, of course, but he wasn't really the Jimmy that we know now. Today's NBA, but just to think, somebody of that stature, where he have him either coming off the bench or he have him as the third or fourth option of scoring, tells you that Tibbs doesn't play around when it comes to players and their attitudes and how they play and their effort on the court. I'll do you one better. I had a question for you. Since he came from Boston and we're kind of seeing the same pattern, the only difference is he didn't get pulled. Do you think that um, his time in Boston was limited because of this this same uh, play style? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of I kind of felt like that was a it was a little unfair to blame their issues in Boston. I just think Boston just never had a big guy that can compete. Um, It didn't have to be necessarily a Carl Anthony Towns or MB type player, but um, even something close to Andre Drummond, even something close to uh, Whiteside or somebody of that nature that can clog up the line a little bit, at least get your rebounds. I think they suffered in that. But I think Kimba was the scapegoat. However, you know, just reading stories about it, it was hard for Kimba to take a seat back for Tatum and Jalen. You know, Mm -hmm. those are the two stars on the team and they needed to get the ball, especially Tatum, to get rhythm. And he was kind of like a ball hogger, I guess, to a certain extent. Like he wanted to do his thing, you know. And you've never seen Kimba quite like Kimba since he left uh, Charlotte. Right. You know, so it it, it kind of just shows you maybe he's the man when it's just him on the team and then when it's playing with other great players maybe he's not really that effective unless he's playing it he could get used to his role of taking a back seat and just chilling because I think Kim is still a great player he just needs to be able to find the right role for him right no, I, I agree I think that uh, stepping away from Charlotte 
uh, as a whole has been a huge transition for him, but he's coming from, even if you watched him in his UConn days, he came from a place where he was always ball dominant and it's not, it doesn't translate to as many wins here. Yeah, he can go get you a bucket, but your team is definitely going to be uh, sub 500 playing that style. Because while he's a bucket getter, he usually surrounds him with a bunch of folks that need the ball or need some sort of rhythm to get going there. Uh, but keeping in that same division, Blake Griffin got pulled out of the rotation for the Nets. And oh, I ain't hear about that. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's been benched for LaMarcus Aldridge, it looks like. Um, well, LaMarcus hasn't been balling. And, uh, of course, Blake isn't happy about it, but are you surprised that Blake has gotten his uh, his minutes pulled and they gave those minutes to L.A. instead? Um, A tad bit. I'm a, I'm a little taken back just because... Uh, I seen flashes of Blake playing together, hustling, playing defense, kind of almost like that Clippers role, but with less dunks. But he was playing effectively where I thought he would be very, very useful to the Nets. But it's looking like they are struggling offensively. They expected more from um, James Harden at this point in the, of the season. He, they're not getting it right now. Um, LaMarcus has came off the bench or he started and he is performing. He scored 20s, hitting double doubles. He's looking like um, San Antonio LaMarcus Aldridge when he first got there. So they're pleased with that. I think with Blake, sometimes it's just that he, he, I mean, just looking from the outside, he seems a little lazy at times. Like he doesn't give that energy every single time. I don't know. I don't want Blake to come to my crib and beat me up, but <laughs> I'm just saying in general. Like, I don't know, but it looks like it. And I think that the Nets are just getting frustrated. You know, they you know they don't have Kyrie right now, so they, that's a question mark. They're still trying to get adjusted to this new, almost like a new whole new team now, just yeah. to figure out who roles belong and what. I think Blake can still be there by the end of the season, uh, making sure no injuries happen. But um I think he might be they might just use him for playoff scenarios to be honest they lost Joe Harris too um, ankle injury yeah he's out for a while so that takes away a little bit of their shooting um, they do have um, the young boy Cam Thomas from LSU who's been showing you know glimpses of a good score but again he's a rookie so mm-hmm. can't expect a whole whole lot from him KD, I, I, I believe KD is the most consistent player on the Nets. He's holding their team afloat. They still have a, a winning record. I believe they're number one or number two in the East right now. It just, it's tough to, <laughs> I guess we are expecting a little bit more dominance, but you can see right now that the East is wide open. The yep. Nets don't look like the dominant team. I still think Milwaukee might end up back in there or even a team like Miami, um, if they play on all of course, that they can maybe sneak in there. So who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, and, and since we're talking about the East, uh, the Bucks went on and signed Boogie Cousins. It's a non-guaranteed contract, but uh, just to get some more size on the floor, especially with uh, Brooke having the injury, you think that's a good move for him? Well, it seemed like any time somebody signs boogie they don't win the championship so i don't know if that because you gotta look at it he signed with la um 
I think he got released before they won the title. Then yeah. he signed before that he signed with Golden State. They didn't win when they went against Toronto. He signed with the Clippers. Of course, they didn't win. So um I think it's a good move for Milwaukee to have some size. Um, especially, you know, with Brooke Lopez, he doesn't really play the post as much. And I think with having uh, a player like Boogie down there, down low, banging, maybe him and you play him and Giannis sometimes um, here and there. I think that'll be a good thing for the Bucks um, to add to their championship chemistry. And then um, also, I like the fact that, you know, Bobby Portis, I think he's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. He's in and out the lineup. So that gives you another option when it comes to a four slash center that can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, he doesn't have to necessarily be in the post, but you would rather have Boogie down there. But it's, it'll be a nice pickup, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, it's making them stronger, and uh, maybe the top team in the East uh, wants to play all time come. Right. Well, it wouldn't be a podcast without me slandering Zion for still being too heavy to play. Um, then you clear, right? Uh, he did, but I don't know if he. there's still no timetable on when he's going to play. At least the last time I checked, there wasn't any timetable for him to come out here. Um, so, yeah, put the fork down, buddy. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and jump back east and let's talk about Ben Simmons not getting that money. And now he going broke. Yeah, I was seeing that rumor as well that... Um he needs to come back because uh, the bills need attention. Yeah. You know, yeah. he yeah. needs to go ahead and get paid. Yeah. Um, We kind of call that. I think that's what you had suggested, like hold him out. And yeah. he'll, he'll come back. Hey, he'll come back. You start messing with that bottom line, that paper. <laughs> Although I think he said he can't play with Embiid. I don't know. I don't think I confirmed whether or not. Uh, I don't yeah, I don't remember whether or not it was confirmed that that's what he said, but I think he was implying that he can't really play with Embiid and be successful. And I don't think that he has a leg to stand on because he hasn't been consistent enough to demand one of the two or you know, him or Embiid needs to go kind of thing. Because I think he's going to lose that 10 times out of 10. All right. Well, it was nice having you here, sir. Go ahead and get up out of here. Man, he might as well. I mean, I don't know if it's something really mentally going on, but he might as well just play, get his money, and maybe if he plays great, teams that actually look to trade for him. Right. Golden State. They had a chance with Golden State, but definitely the way Golden State is playing, 18 and 2 right now, they're not giving up anybody. No, I so don't either. You missed that opportunity. Uh, Portland, uh, maybe McCullum, but. I don't think you want to piss off Dame because I'd rather play with McCollum than Ben Simmons, I've heard. So I don't know how true that is. Could be a rumor. Um, And the Sixers are asking for a lot. You know what I'm saying? They're asking for a lot that I don't think they're going to be able to get. Now, I heard the the two biggest rumors right now of Ben Simmons is the Pistons and the Nets that don't rule out, you know, them as far as Brooklyn you know, maybe thinking that, okay, since KD's doing majority of the scoring anyway, maybe we'll just put Ben Simmons in that position that James Harden is and have him be a distributor. I don't know if that would be smart, Damn but <laughs> that's an option. And then also the trade I was hearing was uh, Grant and some draft picks. 
uh, for Simmons, adding some depth to Philly's outside as far as like a um, point forward. Right. So uh, I don't know, man. He he got to play. You got to get that money. I don't <laughs> want to go to work tomorrow, but I got to get that money and pay yeah, the bills. Yeah, pay the oh. bills, baby. Go on and get up in here. Uh, last question for you. Who's hotter, the Phoenix Suns or the Golden State Warriors? Hmm. Damn. That's a hard question. Um. You want me to be honest, man? The Suns, maybe, because I had them think I didn't think they were gonna um be able to win as many games. I say, you know, they're winning now. Mm-hmm. And then also they had a couple injuries with Aiden. He just came back as well. Um, CP3, of course, he's playing okay. He's getting better as far as like his just being a point guard and being at his age, still being able to compete. So I I didn't really had no big high expectations for the Suns like that. I was, remember I was t- asking you a couple podcasts ago would they make it back? He was like I don't think so, but they looking dominant. So I'm gonna say Suns just on me being surprised, but uh, them Warriors looking real scary right now. Seth playing out they dang mind. Yeah, that that's looking looking a little too much for me. I was like, oh okay, that's how y'all feel. Yeah, that's what, that's logo, what y'all Steph, doing? logo Steph is back. Man, with with force, right? <laughs> and then, so, then everyone else is playing their roles, and those it actually looks like that. What was that year or so ago that they were struggling, and those young boys had to play um, hella minutes? That they're finally getting their legs up under them, and yeah, you don't have anything. You can't do nothing with the bench either. So you're nope. You're just at the mercy of. Uh, hoping that them boys miss. They're playing out of their mind right now. And I, I would have to go with the Warriors if I had to choose. Um, and then, um, I don't know how true this is, but like they just signed or just assigned Clay and James Wiseman to the um, G League to get some reps in. So those guys are coming back, probably going to come back at Christmas time. <laughs> And I'm just thinking, like, man, they, I don't know how you stopped that. <laughs> to be nope, honest, just hope they miss. That's all you can do. It's all you can do at this point. You just hope they miss. I mean, that's all I got. I said I had my Zion slander, um, I had my super fan slander from all sides. Uh, I got to save my money because nobody bet. Yeah, me. you did. I just want to say also that the Lakers are absolutely going to be probably playing in the play-in situation this year because they are atrocious as well as far as a team. <laughs> I'm not blaming Brody for it. I'm just blaming just... I blame Rob Palenka for just how he assembled that team. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. You want all this experience in youth. I mean, not even... I'm not going to say you because there's no youth hardly on there, but you want all this experience. You have a lot of Hall of Fame players. You got people with playoff experience and good role players but you still at the end of the day need you if you need guys that's going to be out there to be able to play defense that's going to run up and down the court when the older fellas don't want to play LeBron I just yeah <laughs> I give LeBron some flack too because sometimes LeBron now sometimes. you see when LeBron wants to play he's like dominant like he's guy like almost like you can't really do a lot with him but that's not an every game situation and it's like well, I guess I can't blame him. He is like almost 37 years old. So LeBron legitimately has not played defense 
in probably the last five years. Since I think last time I see him play like really great defense was that 2016 championship against the Warriors. And he wasn't even playing was, good defense then. He got a couple chase downs. Yeah, I think that was the last time I seen some just decent defender out of LeBron, but pff, they're bad, man, and I'm not even going to give no excuses, dude. They're just bad. <laughs> <laughs> they get to go ahead and trigger somebody. Jordan wouldn't have done that, I was playing. Oh, man, here we go. <laughs> if MJ was there, that's why he ain't the GOAT. Right there. Um, all right, Michael and Michael wouldn't do that. Yeah. I ain't yeah. fucking Michael. Hey. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Drop it. Y'all didn't hear that. No, nah, I'm not going to say that, but I get, I kind of get the standpoint that the Lakers aren't really struggling and this is going to be kind of a, a theme. I don't see them making out. If they do make it to the players, I don't see them making out the first round, let alone the second one. Yeah. Like, Second might be their limit because it's just the West is too too good. And you got Golden State playing great, Phoenix playing good. Um, surprisingly, Denver's playing okay. Although, like we were talking earlier off the air, um, Michael Porter Jr. out with a back injury. It's like he's out for the season. They just signed him to a max deal. So that's two max players that's out for the Nuggets. So that might take their playoff, you know, aspirations down. But then you still got these other teams, you know, playing. So you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year, to say the least. To say the least. But yeah, that's all I got, man. That's all I got, got too, man. It wasn't a whole... It was more college. I think that's the most we ever talked about football in college. Well, you know, you damn fans calling to (laughs) talk crazy to me. I've been saying since the beginning of the year, like, you can't win a game. You can't win one game in 10 years and you call and talk junk to me. Ain't how it works. I'm just going to enjoy it because this might not happen for another 20 years. Exactly. So I'm just like, yeah, let me enjoy this while I can because I'm telling you, the more <laughs> arrogant and cocky we get, the best thing you know. Yeah. Five years gone by, like, we haven't beat Ohio State since 2021. It's like 2027. So it's like, nah, nope. Yeah, dude, be humble. All good. <laughs> well, all right, man. Thanks, everybody, for joining the Roundtable Sports Podcast. You can catch us on all platforms that support podcasts, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and other platforms. And also, you can follow us on the Roundtable Sports Podcast on Instagram.